0: part 2 chapter 19 of the magnificent adventure this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by april 6090 california united states of america the magnificent adventure by emerson huff down to the sea many days later The French servant, Perea, rode up to the gate, to the door of Locust Hall, the Lewis homestead in Old Virginia. The news he bore had preceded him. He met a stern-faced, dark-browed woman, who regarded him coldly when he announced his name, regarded him in silence. The servant found himself able to make but small speech. Your son was a brave man. He lived long, said Perea haltingly at the close of his story yes said the mother of meriwether lewis he was a brave man he was strong he was unhappy but why should he have killed himself stop the dark eyes blazed upon him what are you saying my son kill himself it is an outrage to his memory to suggest it he was the victim of some enemy as for you begone superia passed from sight and view and almost from memory not accused not acquitted long afterward a brother of meriwether lewis met him and found that he was carrying the old rifle and the little watch which every member of the family knew so well these things had been missing from the effects of meriwether lewis in the inventory indeed little remained in the travelling cases save a few scattered papers and the old spy-glass. There was no gold, there were no letters of any kind. Soon there came down from Monticello to Locust Hall, the coach of Thomas Jefferson. "'Madam,' said he, when finally he stood at the side of the mistress of Locust Hall, "'it is heavy news, I thought, to bring. I see that you have heard it. What shall I say? What can we say to each other? I mourn him as if he were my own son.' it has come at last said the mother of meriwether lewis the wilderness has him as i knew it would i told him here at this place when he was a boy that at last the load would weigh him down the rumour is that he died by his own hand i find it difficult to believe it is far more likely that some enemy or robber was guilty of the deed whom had he ever harmed she demanded of jefferson none in the world with intent but he had enemies whether by his own hand or that of another he died a gallant gentleman he would not think of himself alone but listen bear with me if i tell you that could your son send out the news himself perhaps he might say twas by his own hand and he perished and not by that of one another.' never mr jefferson never will i believe that it was not in his nature i agree with you but when we take the last wishes of the dead we take what is the law for us and the law of your son was the law of honour suppose my dear madam there were a woman concerned in this matter he never wronged a woman in his life precisely nor in his death would he wrong one do you begin to see did he ever speak to you of her it was impossible that he should but i knew them both i knew their secret were it in his power to do so i am sure that he carried his secret with him so that it might never be shared by any that secret he has guarded in death as in life but shall i let that stain rest on his name the dark eye of the old woman gleamed upon her son's friend do not i love him also i am speaking now only of his own wish not ours i know that he would shield her at any cost nay i know he did shield her at any cost May not we shield him and her, no matter what the cost to us? If he laid that wish on us, ought we not to respect it? Madam, I shall frame a letter, which will serve to appease the criticism of the public in regard to your son. If it be not the exact truth, and who shall tell the exact truth? It will at least be accepted as truth, and it will forever silence any talk. What should the public know of a life such as his? There are some lives which are tragically large, and such was his. He lived with honor, and he could not die without it. What was in his heart we shall not ask to know. If ever he sinned, he is purged of any sin. Jefferson was silent for a moment, holding the bereaved mother's hand in his own. He shall have a monument, madam, he went on. It shall mark his grave in yonder wilderness they shall name at least a county for him and hold it his sacred grave place there in tennessee by the old indian road let him lie there under the trees that is as he would wish he shall have some monument yes but how futile is all that his greatest monument will be in the vast new country which he has now brought to us he was a man of a natural greatness not surpassed by any of his time What of Theodosia Alston, loyal and lofty soul, blameless wife, devoted and pathetic adherent to the fallen fortunes of her ill starred father? Three years after, Meriwether Lewis laid him down to sleep in the forest. A ship put out from Charleston Wharf. It was bound for the city of New York, where at that time there was living a broken, homeless, forsaken man named Aaron Burr, a man execrated at home discredited abroad but who now after years of exile had crept home to the country which had cast him out a passenger on that ship was theodosia the daughter of aaron burr that much is known the ship sailed it never came to port no more is known to this day none knows what was the fate of aaron burr's daughter one of the most appealing figures of her day a woman made for happiness but continually in close touch with tragedy wherever her body may lie she has her wish the sound of the eternal waters is the continuous requiem in her ears her secret if she had one is washed away long ere this and is one with the eternal secrets of the sea as to her sin she had none above her memory since she has no grave there might best be inscribed the words she wrote at a time of her own despair i hope to be happy in the next world for i have not been bad in this did the little brook in tennessee ever find its way down to the sea did it carry a scattered drop of a man's life-blood little by little thinning thinning on its long journey did ever a wandering flake of ashes melting rest on its bosom for so great a journey as that toward the sea Did the sound of a voice in the wilderness passing across the unknown leagues ever reach an ear that heard? Who can tell? Perhaps in the great ten thousand years such things may be. Perhaps deep calls too deep, and there are no longer sins nor tears. A million hearth fires mark the campfire trail of Meriwether Lewis. We own the country which he found and for which he paid. He sleeps. Above him stands the monument which his chief assigned to him his country it rises now in glory and splendour the perfected vision which he saw that is the happy ending of his story his country it is ours as its title came to us in honour it is for us to love it honourably to use it honourably and to defend it honourably none may withstand us while we hold to his ambitions While our sons measure to the stature of such a man. End of part two, chapter nineteen. End of the magnificent adventure by Emerson Hough.